Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. This is Brad Peterson filling in for Terry Wickstrom. Terry is on location up in Minnesota doing a little research for us. So I'm going to be here with you this week. We have a jam-packed show in front of you. Uh, The Colorado Parks and Wildlife, we've got two locations from down in the southwest part of the state that are going to talk about some great opportunities for doing some outdoor activities this coming holiday week. Then we've got Troy Lindner going to be talking a little bit about swim bait fishing in the second hour, along with Kirsty Enos, who is one of the most inspirational outdoor women you will ever meet. And to start off the show, we have a member of the Duck Commander family. He is an avid crappie angler, tournament crappie fisherman, and is part of the uh, new kind of uh, side of the Duck Commander family called Finn Commander. And I don't know if you guys realize it, but John Godwin uh, is a wonderful fisherman, and we're lucky enough to have him with us. Good morning, John. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, that's great. I I hear you might be out on the water today. I am out on the water, but the fish are winning this morning. <laughs> you know what? I had a day just like that yesterday. We all end up with stuff like that. Boy, it's um, I ain't giving up, though. I'm still going. That, that's good to hear. So I know that you're a big crappie fisherman, and in Colorado, our crappies are just getting to the point that they're moving up to spawn on our bigger lakes, our, our smaller, shallower lakes. We're right in post-spawn. I love crappie fishing, too, and it's it's a species in Colorado doesn't get talked a lot about. So I thought it'd be great to have you on and maybe give us a few tips. Well, I'll try. Y'all got them black crappie up there, don't you? We have both black and white. Black and white. Well, I tell you, post-spawn is pretty awesome for us down here. They, they, they're backing off the bank and uh, getting on these flats. You know, the shad spawn is probably fixing to crank up for y'all. Yep, so that'll, be, that'll I, be going probably in about a week. The shad will really be moving up. Yep, yep. You can get on the bank then and... Uh, catch them crappies they'll be following and uh midday they'll get out there on them flats and start chasing them around what i like to do is long line and uh y'all do much of that up there you know that's a technique that isn't used we're only allowed two rods so we don't do much of the spider rigging but i've done some long line trolling um up in minnesota and a few places around here and i think it's a presentation that doesn't get utilized enough out here. So tell tell the listeners a little bit more about it. Well, I have a rack in the back of my boat, and um, that way I can fish eight. We can fish eight poles down here. And so we can go, I, I troll one mile an hour is what I start off doing. But what I do is I look and I see about where they're, hanging you know what depth the crappie are are staged at it it really don't matter the depth of the bottom as much as it does where the crappie are in the water column and that determines what jig head i use what size i'll use 30 seconds 
they'll go down to about three foot at one mile an hour when you're pulling them. Right. Uh, a sixteenth, it'll go down about five foot, five to six, and an eighth will go down about seven. We actually won a tournament down here doing that. We uh, we was fishing twenty foot of water, but we had three brush piles, and the top of them was like eight foot from the top of the water. And them crappies was hanging right on top of them brush piles. And so we used eight ounce, which was seven foot, which is perfect because you always want to fish for crappies above them. Their eyes are facing up. They, they feed up. So when that thing comes across there, they just they just grab it. It's kind of like a reaction bite, crankbait bite or something. Yeah, and I know that a lot of tournaments have been won like that. I've got a, a friend who... Tommy Scarless, who fishes walleye tournaments and also fishes a bunch of crappie stuff. And, um, you know, Tommy's going through some health issues, and I know we'll be back out on the water here pretty soon. But um, he is, he won several tournaments trolling crankbaits or kind of doing what you're talking about, the long line. Yeah, he actually, yeah, I know Tommy. uh, He actually won the Crappie Masters a few years ago. Uh, doing something we'd never seen down here, and he was using planer boards and pulling crankbaits. And man, he strapped the whole bunch. <laughs> so yeah. everybody started buying up planer boards now. <laughs> yeah, he brought a walleye tactic to the crappie world that uh, that a lot of people have figured out. You know what? When they're spread out on those flats, being able to to spread your rods out, whether it's a long rod or using the planer board, and kind of covering you know making a bigger swath through that area for presentations it, it does a great job it does it does it's a fun way to fish it's a it's a fun way to fish where you can take you know uh, kids out because you just throw it out there and and you can either hold it or put it in a rod rack and it's sometimes you get into a school of them and you'll have two on at a time and that gets pretty fun that that's a lot of fun. Now, now you talked about your jig head size. What do you like to put on the jig heads? Are you just running minnows? Are you running plastics? If well, I'm glad you asked <laughs> <laughs> because we have come out with a new jig head that's kind of like an understand, but it has willow leaf blades on it, and the, the head is kind of cupped. It's called a fin spin. You can get them at uh, WalMarts or or any of the big box stores, you know, or copymagnet.com. You, you can look up and see them on there. But it it come out with a wedge-type head, which pushes the water down on the blade, and it's kind of cut, too. So it kind of wobbles when it comes through the water, which we wouldn't count on, but that's what happened. It's always and, uh, nice the, to get some of those surprise bonuses. It is, it is. It's kind of like when you come up with a neat duck call, you know, and um, you, you send it off to get a mold made of it, and it comes back. And sometimes it's better, and sometimes it's a, you know, it's a fail. But this this turned out real good. And we have a a shad-like body and a curly tail, and it's got ribs on it, kind of jointed, so it'll wobble too a little bit. But what we wanted was for the spider riggers, we wanted a curly tail that would actually work like at 0.3 miles an hour so it'll spin at 0.3 miles an hour you know you don't have to jig it real hard 
to get that tail action going. So it's great for long lining and uh, great for spider rigging, great for throwing and winding, you know. Jumping and winding is what I call it. That's that's a fun technique to do. We'll get behind the spillways and do that. Well, and that would be really great. Um, I know you down there don't have to deal with ice-off conditions, but uh, when in the springtime, when we lose our ice, those crappies will move up into the shallows to get to that warm water, but you want to fish them really slow. They aren't real active. You know, water temperature's only in the 40s. Oh, yeah. So having well, a plastic that, that would work at that, you know, at slow speeds would really come in beneficial that time of year. It would. It would. We uh, when they get up there shallow too, we'll we'll get up around the trees and we'll use like a sixteenth ounce uh, jig head with a crappie magnet body, and uh, we'll just dive it real slow around that tree. Sometimes they they won't want it moving. You just have to hold it still for about five seconds. And then they'll eat it. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Sometimes they want you to dig it, and sometimes they just want it dead still. But yeah, we had proper. that. We had that on one yep. of our lakes a couple years ago, where if you were moving it at all, you couldn't get bit. But if you could hold it still for, like you say, five six seconds, you were catching thirty to forty crappies a day. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But you got to remember them cypress trees. Y'all got cypress trees up there? We do not have cypress trees, but we have flooded cottonwoods and willows. Oh, man, them willow trees is spot on down here. We'll get around them things and get get right at the base of them, and that's where they'll like to hang, right in the base of them. Yeah, they're they're really good, and the nice thing about the willow trees are they're they're usually so, you know, they're they're bushy, they're a, a bulkier tree as far as the amount of limbs and and it's not uncommon to be able to catch five six you know eight crappies off one willow bush so you know that if you catch one off there don't don't leave and and remember it because crappies are creatures of habit and especially this spawn time of year they like to come up as long as the water level's good they're going to come up to that same clump of trees and, and utilize it year after year they will. They will. Another technique we'll do is in these in these bushes, we'll put like a a small small slip sinker, but you put it upside down for what you would if you were bass fishing a worm. Right. Where the point's facing up, you got a cork up there at the top, a slip cork, and then you put another one of the uh, slip sinkers the other way with the points facing down so it's like a cone and then you put your hook on and what that does is when you go down in them bushes it don't hang on them bushes it comes up real good but you got to go the way you come out it's the same way you go in you go in through the top and just let it fall down through there just let it sit there and they'll get it and you can come straight out with them that's that's another fun technique we'll do we do a lot of waiting too Y'all do any wading up there? We do a little bit, but a lot of the lakes that have really good crappie fishing, um, our our lakes fluctuate so much that a lot of the bushes end up getting to be, uh, you know, in that seven, eight-foot depth range. And so yeah. the opportunity isn't there quite as much. Um, and, and our water temperature is a little colder, so the people out here are probably waiting uh, 
they want to make sure they they have their waders on. I was, <laughs> yeah. I, I I duck hunted with Phil a few years ago. He came up to Colorado to do some filming, and yeah, we, yeah. we needed to cross a little ditch, and uh, he had on knee high boots. And I said, "Yeah, you can go up here about you know fifty yards and go around and cross the ditch without getting wet." He went belt high right through the ditch. You know, filled up the boots, got to the other side, emptied the boots out, and started hunting. Um, yeah, and didn't say a word. Didn't say one word at all, and and he was hopping on a plane about two and a half hours after that. Yeah, yeah, and, Yep. Boy, yep. he'll do stuff like that. He won't even say a word. He'll just take off. Yep, that's that's exactly right. So we're we're getting to the end of the segment here, but I wanted to make sure if you have any place uh you know or the fin commander people can reach out to or social media you know way people can follow you and and see what you're doing not only in the duck hunting world but also in the crappie fishing world yeah we start you know we're not filming no more we've done that show duck dynasty that's over and uh what we're doing now is we did start new brand fin commander and also strut commander for turkey hunting we have some turkey calls we just, for this year, we come out, we've made some drunk calls for deer, and they actually work. We've used them. So that, that's pretty pretty cool. But what we're doing is we're on our YouTube channel, Duck Commander's YouTube channel. We call it Commander Life, and we put new, new content up, you know, pretty regular. So I'm supposed to say like and share and subscribe and all that now. Okay, well, we will make sure that everyone kind of, <laughs> pays attention to that and if you ever get up uh here to the colorado area you know uh, we've got some good duck hunting up this way and we also have some crappie and walleye fishing and uh, we'll make sure i i saw a few of the videos on uh your instructions on how to properly fry up some fish so oh, if, man. if you want to come up this way we'll get you on some crappies and walleyes and have a good uh, western fish fry there you go them crappies are good Eating and them walleyes are too. Yes, they are. That's uh, that's one of the fish that I I tell people that uh, you know if you're going to take some, feel free to take some. You know, for a meal, leave some for the rest, but but don't be afraid to take some and, and enjoy them at the table. Yeah. All I right. Did. All right, John. Well, I appreciate you uh, calling in today, and I think people got some great crappie information. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you having me. All right. Call back anytime. All right. We will do that. Thanks a lot. I'm facing a tie to catch me some right now. All right. Good luck to you. Thanks. All right. That was John Godwin with uh, Duck Commander and Fish Commander. We're going to take a short break here, and we'll be back with Chris from the Arkansas Headwater State Park. This is Brad Peterson filling in for Terry on 104.3 The Fan. Welcome back to 104.3 The Fan in Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. I'm Brad Peterson filling in for Terry. We'll go to the phones right now. We've got uh, Chris Gerbig from the Arkansas Headwaters State Park. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Brad. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about the park out there? I know it's a it's one of the longest parks in the state in it's probably a little bit cooler than we are down here in the Denver area. Uh, cooler temperature-wise, and uh, I'm biased, but it's uh, cooler in general. 
Um, our headwaters start in Leadville and runs all the way down to Pueblo Reservoir. We are a uh, we are a huge uh, water corridor uh, with campgrounds, uh, recreation areas. Um, we maintain the park area. We provide uh, rangers for the river for the land. Uh, we got a lot going on up here. Sounds like it. You you mentioned camping and. We want to touch on that just real quick because I know the holiday week is coming up and there may be some people looking to try to get back out uh, and spend some time in, in the hills. But I'm guessing camping spots may be real hard to come by. Um, I can only speak from the news I had yesterday. I know that all of our reservable camping spots um, where we do our bookings online are full until Monday. There may be a chance for some cancellations. You can uh check all the reservations have moved online this year but uh you might get lucky but uh, we're a popular popular area yeah so just if you're thinking about heading down there and do some camping make sure to check before you head down there because more than likely you're not going to get anything on site and and everything is is online but the one of the other big activities that you guys take part in or, or have some of the probably the best in the country and that's whitewater rafting. And we've had a, a year with real high snowpacks and runoff. How are the water flows going, and how's the rafting? Water flows are epic. Um, the, the river is big. This is a unique opportunity. If you want to come see the Arkansas in all her glory, um, this is the time to do it. Um, our peak may have passed, or we might be experiencing it right around now. The waters are uh, going to be dropping down. But uh, we've got tons and tons of uh, expert outfitters up here and some uh, highly professional guides that are ready to get folks out on uh, waters that are appropriate for their skill level. But there's a lot of cool stuff waiting for folks up here. The, the river is awesome this year. Well, and that's one of the things, If is knowing what is appropriate for your skill level. And when the water is this high, spend the time and spend the money and get someone who is experienced, one of the guides, there's plenty of them out there that do the rafting trips because safety is of utmost concern. Uh, I, I did some whitewater rafting when I was in high school, and the water level wasn't real high, but uh, we hit a rock just wrong, and myself and a couple other people ended up out of the boat. So um, it's it's a fun, enjoyable experience, but make sure that you do have – when the water levels this high, you get some experienced guides that are going to take you out there, so it's an enjoyable and safe experience. Um, not only that, but you—they uh, know where to go. They know where it's more fun. They'll suit. Uh, they'll pick a stretch of river that's going to meet uh, you or your family's um, needs. And there's so much history and so much geology and wildlife out here. It's truly a wild, wild place. You get the advantage of that from a guide, also. Um, yeah, the river's the river's amazing, but all the land surrounding the the river is is very impressive, also. So there's there's so many advantages to uh, going with an outfitter. If you're partial to doing it yourself, don't do it alone, and wear all your safety equipment. Yeah, that's very true. And I know besides the rafting, um, you have kind of a, a personal place in your heart for doing youth programs, which I share with you. Why don't you talk a little bit about some of the youth programs you're doing there, and and maybe some of the stuff that may overlap to some of the other state parks throughout throughout Colorado. My title this summer at AHRA, Arkansas Headwaters Recreation Area, is the interpretive naturalist. Uh, it's my job this summer. I'm lucky enough, and I joke that I get paid to uh, go see cool things with cool people. Um, we lead hikes on the weekends. 
Um, I'm managing uh, youth programs in the town of Salida, Buena Vista, and Leadville. Uh, we do uh, junior ranger programs for 5 to 11-year-olds, and then we've got Tots on Tuesdays in Salida uh, for 2 to 5-year-olds. Um, we're kind of pushing a um, GOCO, Great Outdoors Colorado, has an initiative. It's Generation Wild, and the concept is that kids grow better outside. And uh, I'm trying to support that message, and I'm just taking my kids, getting them outside, and showing them how much fun it can be just to be outdoors. We leave the cell phones and the TVs and computers indoors and uh, go out and get dirty. It's It's been a great summer. Well, and I think that's that's a fantastic program, and you had mentioned that you know, some of the other state parks are doing similar things. I know Trinidad has a youth fishing program uh, that's multiple weeks spread out throughout the summer. So it's something that uh, the outdoors people of Colorado need to reach out, um, either look online at the local uh, state park websites or Facebook pages or give the office a call and find out what they've got. And maybe if that's something that you're real passionate about and they don't have something, most of them are happy to have volunteers come in and help out uh, and develop programs like that with them. Absolutely. There's so many programs out there right now. It's uh, it's a couple clicks away uh, on, a, on a Google search. I'm, I'm pretty sure you can find it. AHRA's got a bunch of programs going on, but we're supported by so many other community organizations and uh, state organizations. Um, this On the 4th of July, we've got a big event going on at uh, Franz Lake in Salida, where we're anticipating almost 200 kids. Uh, it's a fishing derby, just a free event. We're taking kids fishing in the morning. It's uh, it's awesome watching kids light up outside when they when they get a little dirt or water on them. It's, uh, it's a cool place. It's a cool experience. Well, that is great, Chris. I appreciate you calling in. We're running up against a break here, so I'm going to have to let you go. But if you're interested, is there a way people can get in touch with the uh, Arkansas Headwaters State Park? Probably the easiest path would be cpw.state.co.us. Um, follow that. Type in AHRA for Arkansas Headwaters Recreational Area, and it'll take you to our corridor. Um, we're open seven days a week at our center in Salida. We'd be happy to answer any questions and point you in the right direction. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris, and enjoy your day down there. Absolutely. Thanks, Brad. You're welcome. That was Chris Gerbig with Arkansas Headwaters State Park. And when we come back, we're going to have Brian Sandy from Navajo State Park, another fantastic area to try to get away to on this holiday week. You've been listening to Brad Peterson filling in for Terry Wickstrom on 104.3 The Fan. Welcome back. This is Brad Peterson filling in for Terry Wickstrom on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We have a special guest in here uh, on the line from Navajo State Park, Brian Sandy. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Brad. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. And yourself? Ah, doing great. It's a beautiful day down here at Navajo. Well, speaking of that, um, there may be some people that don't know where Navajo is. Can you give them a quick description of kind of the park and, and where you're located? Absolutely. We are located in southwest Colorado. We are about uh, halfway between Pagosa Springs and Durango in a small community uh, called Arbelize, Colorado. And we're right down along the New Mexico border, and we are the only state park that shares a reservoir with another state. 
Well, and not only just a reservoir, but a, a pretty good size reservoir. And from what you were telling me, you know, the last couple of years, the water level had been a little low. There was a little concern. But this year, our snow pack and runoff has kind of started fixing that. So how is the water level looking? The water level is fantastic. Like you said, we had tremendous winter. Um, you know, we were 70 feet down at, at the start of this spring, um, and we are about 15 feet down below full pool now. And we still got uh, about 5,000 cubic feet per second coming in. So our water level is still coming up. Well, that that's great news. That's a lot of cover that's going to be recently flooded for the fish. And uh, you've got some real good fishing down there. I know it's, it's known for its pike fishing. But uh, tell everyone a little bit more about what other fishing opportunities there are down there. Right, right now we are seeing a lot of uh, northern pike being caught. Um, we're also seeing a lot of smallmouth bass, you know, in, the, in that 15 to 18 inch range, which is nice. Channel catfish out here. There are kokanee salmon in the in the uh, reservoir down here. Crappie. Um, we have rainbow trout and brown trout down here. And if you uh, are a carp fisherman, we've got plenty of carp. <laughs> well, that that's a real good uh, mixed bag. And, you know, people that get down there, I think, would have a, a great time. It'd be, you know, fantastic for the holiday week. But it's also a good one to stop by at any time. You, you were mentioning with the low water, you were doing some adjustments to the marina and the dock area. And the marina is still out of commission, but you're working on some a few things to bring it back. And uh, what's going on with that? Right. Uh, you know, last year with the low water, um, we have to pull our marina to prevent structural damage uh, to uh, uh, the store and the boathouse and the docks themselves. So that's the second time in five years that we had to pull the marina. So uh, our staff and uh, other uh, Parks and Wildlife staff got together and, and we decided to address those issues. So what we're looking at doing is we are going to relocate the store from the marina dock system and move it back up onto the boat ramp parking lot area where historically there was a store. And then we're going to put the uh, docks back together and get everything put back together and still have our fuel and uh, pump outs and slip rental slips and everything together. It's taken a little bit longer than what we'd hoped for. You know, we, we were hoping for this spring to have that completed, but um, it's looking like uh, we will get that done before the end of this summer. Well, that that is good. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that the boating community down there is going to be excited once it reopens. And speaking of boating, we're getting into that time of year that a lot of people are getting out on the water. It's getting warm. You're, you've got the anglers out there. You've got the, the paddle boarders and the kayakers and the recreational boaters and the, the jet skiers. And we were talking earlier this week just a little bit about, you know, boating safety. It's this weekend and next weekend is going to be extremely crowded. It's going to be hot out there. Um, a lot of people think about, you know, cooling down from the heat with an adult beverage. And you wanted to talk a little bit about what you think uh, is the best thing to make sure that everyone out there stays safe. Right. You know, um, one of the things we're, we, we, we always uh, uh, look for is to keep our visitors and everybody that comes out to the park safe. You know, so especially with boating and stuff, you know, we, we really want to uh, – reduce the number of um, accidents and, and especially fatalities and injuries out there on the water and stuff. You know, so there are a lot of stressors when you get out on the water. You know, you have the sun, you have the wind, um, vibration from the boat, the rocking of the boat, the noise. Um, you know, those, those all 
tend to fatigue people when they're out there on the boat. Um, you know, when people get fatigued, that's that's, that's when we make that's when we uh, tend to make mistakes, and that's when accidents can happen. So, you know, we really stress uh, uh, boating safety. We like for people to, uh, you know, before you get out there on the water, make sure you check all your um, your boat and your safety gear. Make sure you have everything on board. You know, uh, make sure you, people know where you're going to go and be at and when you're expected to return. Um, you know, really encourage everybody to wear their life jackets when they're out on on the on the lake in the water. Um, you know, you know we have uh, um, like something like I believe it's 84, 85 percent of of uh, boating fatalities occur for people who are not wearing their life jackets. So we really we really encourage people to do that. We want to see that. Well, and uh, and the state of Colorado does require, I believe it's 13 and under, has to be wearing a life jacket at all times. It's uh, anybody under the age of 13. Okay, under the age of 13, yeah. you, you have and, to have a life jacket on Yeah, at and any time you're operating a, a, a jet ski or personal watercraft, everybody on board there on a jet ski or personal watercraft is required to wear one. Yeah, and, and that's important, and... You know, it's it's kind of like uh, if you're going to go out and have fun in town, it's always good to figure out a designated driver. And uh, if if you're out there boating, I think you, you should think about the same thing. Um, with all the other factors you were mes- mentioning, that uh, it's best just to, if you if you want to have a, a drink of some sort, wait till you, you're off the water or you've pulled up on shore and you're relaxing for a couple hours. Um, we want everyone to be out there safe this weekend, and I, I'm betting that some of our metro parks will be so crowded that uh, they will be maxed out for boating capacity. So you're going to have a lot of people who maybe don't run boats a lot, and uh, you need to have as much focus and attention as you possibly can to keep everyone safe. Yeah, absolutely right. You know, you've got to have your head on that 360-degree swivel to – Pay, pay attention to so many things when you're out there on, on on the water and stuff, you know. And you're absolutely right, you know. Um, you you want to enjoy an adult beverage and stuff, you know. Um, you know, when you get back to your campsite and stuff, then you know, you can go ahead and kick back and relax and, and enjoy your adult beverage there, you know. Out on the water, drink drink water and uh, Gatorade and stuff like that. That will help re- rehydrate you and stuff. You know, the uh, being dehydrated is also a, a, a factor that contributes to the fatigue. Right. Right. Well, we're about out of time here, Brian. How's the best way, if someone's interested in learning more about Navajo State Park, to get in touch with you? Probably the best way is if you want to get on, you can go online and look up our, our uh, web page on the uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife web place. So you go to Places to Go and uh, click on Navajo State Park. Or if you want to give us a holler, go ahead and call us at 970-883-2208. Well, we appreciate it, Brian, and hopefully you have a great weekend down there. All right, you too. Thank you for the opportunity to talk. All right, thanks a lot. That was Brian Sandy with Navajo State Park. We're going to be joined with Eric Piker here at with BioBait right after the break. He's got uh, some interesting information and actually a special deal coming up for the listeners, so you want to stay tuned. Welcome back. This is Brad Peterson filling in for Terry Wickstrom on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We have got a special local guest here right now. We've got Eric Piker from BioBait. Good morning, Eric. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing pretty well. Are you out uh, fishing today or are you in the office making sure that uh, everyone has some quality product? 
Uh, I, w- I wish I was fishing now. I-, I was fishing a little this morning, and uh, now we're back at the office, back on the grind, making some more bait, trying to keep up now. Well, you know, that's not a bad thing for new startup companies when uh, you're having to work the weekends to keep up with demand. <laughs> yeah, it, it really, I mean, we've, we've been pretty blessed with that. It is, uh, it's definitely kept us busy. <laughs> well, well, that's good. I wanted to have you on here because I've noticed the last couple weeks, a lot of our reservoirs are starting to clear up. The runoff is getting towards the tail end, uh, the higher mountain lakes, you know, the, the, Real muddy water has kind of s- slowed down coming in. Our eastern plains lakes, the irrigation season started, so there's not as much new water coming in. A- and it's really causing these lakes to get clear. And when it gets clear, you know, those fish are able to get a much better look at the lure you're using. And so that's when realism really becomes a key. And I wanted to bring you on to talk a little bit about your DNA product that's out there that is one of the most realistic plastics out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think you, you hit it right on the head there. It's, you know, when, when that water starts to clear up just a little, that's basically what our DNA lineup, our custom painted stuff, it was made for was for, you know, when that water clears up, you get those fish that are a little more finicky. uh, They're a little more studious, uh, I guess you can say of action, uh, color, and just uh, the, the realism of a bait. Uh, especially here in Colorado, and that's where our DNA line really excels. Yeah, and and I I completely agree with you on that. You make the DNA, which which is as you said, it's kind of a painted plastic. Looks like the exact fish that it's it's mimicking. And mm-hmm. what are the different color patterns that you make it in? Because I know you you've targeted some for up in the mountains, you know, more of the cold water environment. And some also oh, yeah. for warm water fishermen. Yeah, yeah. We have, uh, uh, let me see if I can, we have a lot of them. <laughs> so uh, we've got the rainbow trout. Uh, we've got a brown trout that I think looks like art almost on a bait. Um, we've got uh, um, a red tail creek chub, which is really good on walleye, as well as a sexy shad swim bait. Um, uh, my local Denver Metro favorite is the gizzard shad pattern that we have. It just looks amazing. Um, we have an Arkansas Shiner, uh, which is more of a brown back, really good for the metro area too. Uh, and then our number one seller is our smelt pattern, which kind of mimics every type of bait fish. And we have um, some more oddities like a goldfish, which is uh, my favorite. Hey, on hey, bass. hey! Don't 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 be talking about the goldfish one. <laughs> uh, that's that's one we want to keep quiet. Uh, oh I, yeah. I looked at that earlier this year, and I, I said, goldfish. What are you doing with a goldfish out there? <laughs> and um, I have to admit that that has been one of the best colors that uh, I've been out there using this year, both for bass and walleye. Uh, you still want the water to be just a little bit stained for the goldfish, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it's an amazing color pattern. Exactly. I mean, it's... Uh, back in the day, you know, we, we always heard stories about the uh, goldfish and the bobber and how it was just lights out on bass. And uh, now you can't really use them because they're an invasive species. It's, it is not good for our water uh, system. So uh, what we did is we said, well, we can make the most realistic uh, looking soft plastic on the market. So we're like, why, why don't we make a goldfish? And then that way you can throw it on a, a swim jig and, and uh, imitate a real goldfish. And they love it. Yeah, I'm glad we made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, and and also, you guys are starting to come out with some some kits to help people 
maybe who are new to fishing plastics or maybe haven't fished them for a different species. So you're offering a few kits that they can order online that have a variety of plastics, both in the DNA and the original, that will be really effective. And I know you've got a walleye kit out there right now that has some yep. great products for Colorado. The, it is the uh, the walleye-nator bio bundle is what we call it. And it is, uh, um, it's got our squirm worm, which is a 4.75-inch worm. And it's a motor oil color with flake. Speaking of that, I, I'm just going to tell people, that squirm worm, we were up in Minnesota and if you go look at the uh, the BioBait Facebook page, I think it was posted on there. We had some kids out fishing, and we were running that squirm worm uh, behind uh, a spinner rig over top weeds, and we were catching monster bluegill. So not only is it good for walleyes, but it's good for panfish. Cut it in half and utilize it like that. Phenomenal product. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we've got those in the kit. We've got my ultimate favorite for walleye. It's a must-have for walleye. Uh, is definitely the yellow perch swim baits. Um, they just, it, it is it is walleye candy is what, what, I, what we call it here. Um, and then we also have the leeches in that kit, uh, watermelon swim baits, which is uh, the, a, a go-to all around, and then the uh, slime-colored grubs that we have and some tube jigs as well. Yeah, and I was up at Sterling this past weekend, and those slime, uh, kind of a chartreuse, real bright-colored uh, twisters were doing really good for both the walleyes and the crappies. And yeah. you are uh, the product can be found at a few of the local retailers here, Discount Tackle and, and Shields up north. But for the listeners of the show, you actually have included a kind of a special deal so that they can try out some of the products. Why don't you tell them about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we decided uh, to do a 104.3 is the code, um, and what it, what it'll get you is an immediate 20% off. I think it's up there for two weeks uh, right now, so if you guys want to take advantage of that, that's 20% off of the entire website there. So um, if you guys want to try some of this stuff, especially with the time of year right now with those fish being a little more finicky, our DNA lineup is just incredible. I know the Denver metro area, our gizzard shad, and our smelt patterns and yellow perch have just been on fire. In and the and last I would week. throw the uh, the sexy shad in there too. Um, oh, that yeah. that little chartreuse tail in there. Um, mm -hmm. I I've been doing really good at Boyd and uh, actually up at Sterling on that pattern. It seems like that little chartreuse for walleyes is nice. It gives that little extra kick to it that um, seems to be adding a few bites there. Oh yeah, yeah. If you're on a lake where a chartreuse bite is on, it is uh it's just the right amount of chartreuse and since our the tail on our swim baits kind of kick like a mule, it really gives a good flash um of chartreuse without being overwhelming. So you still have that natural feel uh for some of those clear water situations, but you definitely still have the attention grab of the chartreuse color. All right, Eric. Well, we're running up against the top of the hour break, and I want to thank you for coming on. If people are interested, how do they get in touch with BioBait? Um, Facebook, Instagram. Um, call us on our uh, 1-800 number. It's uh, uh, really all over the Internet. We, we check it almost every 30 minutes. So <clears throat> any social medias out there, send us a message. We see it immediately. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Eric. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you. Have a good one.
Right after this short break, we're going to be joined by Nate Zelinsky. This is Brad Peterson filling in for Terry Wickstrom on 104.3 The Fan.